0: In today's episode, I discuss the five mental game aspects of long-term winning poker players. Welcome to Smart Poker Study. I'm your host, Sky Matsuhashi, and I want to thank you for downloading this episode and listening to it. You're spending some of your study time with me, and I really do appreciate it. Uh, speaking of appreciation, once again, three weeks in a row, I want to thank some of my one-year Poker Forge members. Christian Hart, Oliver, Chuck Brian, Chris Murhoff, and Jerry! some more thanks out there next week, but these poker peeps are totally incredible. They've stuck with me through the Poker Forge for one year now, and I just really have a huge thanks. I'm sure they're learning so much. They're improving their game. They're taking action on and off the felt with everything I'm teaching in the Poker Forge. And if you want to be just like Christian, Oliver, Chuck, Brian, Chris, and Jerry, go to thepokerforge.com right now to check out what is there and to become a member. Alright, so let's talk about the poker mind. Uh, I have goals of improving my hard, quote-unquote, hard poker skills. Now, these are things like improving my bet bluffing skills, board recognition, uh, hand reading, but bet sizing, and things like that, right? These are like, what I consider hard poker skills are the in-game strategies, the actual things that you do on the felt to exploit your opponents, win pots, win money. Now, I also have goals of improving my, quote, soft poker skills. These are mental aspects, like always being in control of my emotions, not forcing the action, displaying patience, and some of the other stuff I'm going to discuss today. Now, soft might sound like it's not all that important, but these are incredibly important aspects of playing long-term profitable poker. Uh, I I just use the word soft because it's hard to quantify. It, it's hard to quantify these mental game aspects, right? But when they are in place, you play much better than your non-mentally controlled opponents. And lastly, if by the end of this episode you learn a little something and you think you've got a friend out there, a poker-playing friend, who maybe could use the same knowledge that you just gained, please send them to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod301. They can go there, read the show notes, which is basically a transcript of this episode, as well as uh, uh, listen to the podcast episode right there. All righty, let's get to the five aspects of a winning poker mind. Gambate! This is damn exciting stuff. All right, so let's talk about the poker mind. It is patient and persevering, open-minded, always calculating, never emotional, and it constantly strives to always make the best play with the information available. Now, for most people, it takes years of focused, concentrated effort to develop a strong poker mind. And let me tell you, my poker mind, it's not anywhere where I want it to be just yet. It's slowly getting there. You know, it's always a work in progress because I still tilt. I still make illogical decisions. I get angry. I have to quit sessions to avoid, <laughs> avoid spewing chips. Uh, I miss important details. And sometimes I play with vengeance to win back losses that uh, when a fish sucks out on me, that kind of thing. So it's always a work in progress, both on and off the felt. Now on the felt, I try to be present in the situation and aware of my mental state. And I do things like meditating, taking breaks, doing a warm up before my session, uh, 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 ditch distractions. You know, I do all this stuff to keep me focused. Also, while I'm playing, I tag hands where I know I made like a mental mistake so that I could review those later on. Now off the felt, I review those tagged hands to get a sense of why I was mentally off in the hand. Maybe it was a prior hand that's putting me on tilt, getting me angry. Maybe I was distracted by something outside of the hand. Maybe I still have email open and I'm trying to do email at the same time as playing, right? Uh Maybe the player I'm up against just pisses me off and I don't approach the situation like I should because I hate their aggression. I hate their avatar. I hate their name, whatever it might be, right? So I play against them in ways that I, I probably shouldn't. I think that awareness of your mental game issues, just like all the ones I just mentioned for myself, that's the first step to improving your poker mind. So having said all of that, here are the five aspects of a healthy, strong poker mind. Now, for each one of these, I found a quote from a notable person to help illustrate the aspect's importance. And I just love quotes in general, right? They oftentimes get me motivated. They teach you something. They keep your mind uh, 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 on the task at hand quite often. So the first aspect of a winning poker mind is being patient and persevering. And John Quincy Adams once said, Patience and perseverance have a magical effect before which difficulties disappear and obstacles vanish. So a strong poker mind takes years of dedicated study and practice to develop. Probably thousands of hours spent playing the game, uh, hundreds of thousands of hands, hour upon hour of time reviewing hands, And uh, you know, dissecting them, reviewing them, uh spent time spent maybe like discussing poker with other with some of your poker friends and that kind of thing. Now, once you develop your poker mind, you can weather any storm, and you know that in the long run you are a winning player, so small setbacks, small little failures don't really affect you. Sure, of course, you you were dealt pocket aces, you got sucked out on by ten seven off, and you'd rather not have faced defeat in that hand, right? But That you're playing poker. You've learned to accept the defeat. You know that pocket aces versus 10-7 off, even though you're like an 84% pay favorite, that means 16% of the time you're going to lose. But you're thankful that this player chooses hands as weak as 10-7 offsuit, and you make a player note, and you just move on to the next hand. And you know that eventually... If you remain patient and you persevere through this little beat that you suffered, those fish's chips, the ones that they just earned and the the ones that they had at the start of the hand, they're going to make their way into your stack eventually. And then some, right? And I say and then some because if this fish is in your games, this player that loves to play 10-7 offsuit... There are going to be other fish as well, and the longer you remain patient and persevere through the downswings and the occasional losses, the other fish are going to bite on your, uh, on your lure, I guess, and you're going to catch them as well. All right, the second aspect of a winning poker mind is to be open-minded. Now, Charles Kettering once said, There exist limitless opportunities in every industry. Where there's an open mind, there will always be a frontier. So a winning poker mind isn't set in its ways. It never says something like, that's impossible, or that would never work. You must always be open to new ideas and be willing to dedicate some time and effort into studying and experimenting with these different ideas. Because if you think back, well, maybe you haven't been in poker that long, but back in the day... There was a time when three betting was only done by pocket aces or pocket kings. Then some uh, unconventional and aggressive players, they came along and they showed you that you can make lots of money doing what other players would never think uh could have been possible and profitable. Your task is to always be open to new ideas, to dissect them and run the math for yourself to test their validity and experiment with them as well, right? Don't listen to other players who tell you the rules of poker. There are no rules in poker. Actually, I mean, there are some rules, like very simple, what hands beat what. That's a rule in poker, or the order of play around the table. Other than that, you do what you want. You're playing no limit hold'em, right? You can bet one big blind, you can bet 55 big blinds in a three big blind pot. Totally up to you. The only limits to what you can accomplish are those that you set for yourself. All right, the third aspect of a winning poker mind is to be always calculating. And Albert Einstein once said, logic will get you from A to B. Imagination will take you everywhere. So a winning poker mind, it's dedicated to problem solving and using logic. It also uses any necessary tools and years of experience to find plays that work in many different situations. A simple question a player might ask is, how often does my C-bet bluff have to work? A non-calculating, non-logical, feel player, they might say, Well, if he thinks you're full of it, he'll call. If not, he'll fold. A calculating player might answer the same question. How often does my CBET bluff have to work? They might say something instead like this. First, you're bluffing half pot, so that needs to work 33% of the time to break even. But let's dive deeper. What's your opponent's range, and how, how well does it interact with the board? Can you name a lot of hands from his range that can fold? If he calls, how will you approach the next street? If he raises, what does this mean for his range and what will you do? So a winning poker mind dives deep into the situation, takes all available information into account, runs the math, and uses imagination and problem-solving skills to find how it can make a situation profitable. You must look for errors in your opponent's ways of thinking, and you've got to devise ways to exploit them. In fact, you already know from listening to this podcast and playing a lot and maybe watching other players play, you know how to exploit a lot of players, but you must constantly look for situations in which to use these exploits to make the most profitable plays possible. So your logic will help you find the plays, but it's your experimentation with them that will ingrain them as skills into your game and allow you to use them uh, whenever it's profitable to do so. All right, the fourth aspect of a winning poker mind is that you are never emotional. Buddha once said, holding onto anger is like grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone else. You are the one who gets burned. So I have a little question for you. Is tilt still an issue for you? Let me tell you, it's still an issue for me, but it's one that I'm always working on and I'd like to think I'm getting better at it. Sure, it creeps up occasionally, but a strong poker mind is able to see it coming, grab it by the throat, and squeeze before it takes control. You must spend time off the felt to reflect on what sets you off and brings about your whatever, however your tilt manifests itself. Maybe losing to a weaker player, maybe losing to a flush after you flop a straight, maybe getting your pocket aces cracked. Maybe those all set you off, get you angry, put you on tilt, cause you to spew chips. If you know that's the stuff that sets you off, Great, right? Knowing's half the battle. Now that you know what sets you off, you can work to respond in healthy ways, uh, rather than, you know, getting angry and spewing chips at your opponents. One big recommendation I have for you, the, the thing that helped me above everything else is reading and taking action with Jared Tendler's book called The Mental Game of Poker. It's a great analysis into tilt and why we tilt and the different forms of tilt. So I highly recommend that you pick that one up, read it from cover to cover, but don't just read it, right? It's not the kind of book that you want to sit there for five days, read it all and be done with it. No, you've got to take action on all the small little things he talks about within that book to start uh, uh, analyzing your own mind and your own reasons for tilt and how that tilt manifests itself. Once you realize all that stuff, you can now work on and off the felt to correct it and not be so angry and emotional. All right, after the break, I will hit you with the fifth aspect of a winning poker mind. All right, a few quick shout outs here. These wonderful poker peeps picked up Poker Tracker 4 through my affiliate link. They went to smartpokerstudy.com slash pokertracker4. They checked out the Poker Tracker 4 goods. They verified that it works with their online site, and then they made the purchase. So I got to thank Mirko Roberticchio. Alex Rostvelt, Philip DiPatrizio, and Daniel Palermo for supporting me this way. Once they made the purchase, they emailed me their purchase confirmation, and I replied back with my smart HUD for Poker Tracker 4, which is my custom built HUD that I built myself. It's the one that I use every single day in every single session I play. And speaking of the SmartHUD, these wonderful poker peeps already had PokerTracker4, they were just missing the best HUD in the business. So they went to SmartPokerStudy.com slash SmartHUD and purchased the Smart HUD for PokerTracker4 directly through that site uh, or through that page. So I want to thank Paul Curran, Timothy Just, Gierens, Stacey Dickey, Jeff, Ben Sammy, and Nick for doing that. Thank you all so much for your support. Once again, if you want the SmartHUD, smartpokerstudy.com slash SmartHUD. And remember, it's for PokerTracker4 only. All right, let's get back to it. And here it is, the final aspect of a winning poker mind. Strive to make the best plays, always. Now, William Pollard once said, It's not always what we know or analyzed before we make a decision that makes it a great decision. It's what we do after we make the decision to implement and execute it that makes it a good decision. So a winning poker mind always considers the options and all the information available. Weak players do things by default like just always see betting checking to the see better always calling withdraws, always set mining with small pocket pairs pre-flop, etc. The great thing about being an online poker player is that when it's your turn to act, your options are always presented to you. Little buttons just pop up on the screen. Fold. Call. Raise. Now, it's your job to consider the merits of each play and choose the best one. If calling puts you in a bad spot on the turn, then the other options of raising or folding are available, and you have to go with one of those. But how do you do this? You strive to always make the best play by taking all information into account. In any hand of poker, there's so much info available, like player type and HUD stats, notes on how they've played in the past, positions of the players involved, bet sizes, stack sizes, pot sizes, prior street actions, the range your opponent has and how it interacts with the board, uh, what the future will look like once you make your play right now, all that kind of stuff, right? You've got to use that information to place your options along the EV spectrum. And if you go to the show notes page, you can see what the EV spectrum looks like. It's basically a line that extends from the middle neutral EV spot to the right, which is positive EV, and to the left, which is negative EV. Any play that is positive EV, it's worth making that play. And you always want to choose the highest EV option. Anything to the left of the neutral EV line is a negative EV option. That means it it loses you money in the long run. So you want to avoid those negative EV plays. Now, let me give you an example hand of EV thought and, and considering all of your options along the EV spectrum. And if you want to see what the situation looks like, you can go to the show notes page for a little screenshot of this hand. So first off, you are dealt ace seven offsuit in the small blind. A loose aggressive player in the middle position opens full pot to 3.5 big blinds. A fishy button player calls, and now it's your turn to act. Now, when it's your turn to act, three little buttons pop up, fold, Call and raise. Now, this is your cue uh, to consider your different options because a lot of people might say, Oh, I have an ace, I got a call. Not necessarily, right? You must uh, uh, think of each of your options and place them along the EV spectrum. So let's think about that first option of folding. That puts $0 at risk, zero big blinds. So it's a neutral EV decision. It's just right there in the middle of the EV spectrum. Now, your other option is to call. And sure, you have an ace, but you have to put in three big blinds to see the flop out of position against three other players, because after you call, the loose aggressive big blind is probably going to call as well with that uh, with that growing pot, right? After he calls, you're going to be out of position against three other players, and two of them are very aggressive. If you look at that screenshot in the show notes, villains one and three, villain one is a 58-27 player, villain three is a 52-43 player. Very loose aggressive just in general. Now, does that sound like a winning spot to put yourself in? Out of position against three players, two of them being super loose aggressive, the pot's going to be 14 big blinds. And you're going to hold a measly a 7 offsuit? Nope, not at all, right? Not, not positive EV at all. So it's a, it's a negative EV situation. Now your final option is to raise. So if you raised right now with a 7 offsuit, it's a total bluff you want everyone to fold. Now, you do have an Ace blocker, but that's about the only thing that you've got going for you. So far against these players, you haven't seen how the open raiser nor the caller responds to 3-bets because you've only played 21 hands against one of them and 10 hands against the other. Neither has faced a 3-bet yet. And given that the pot is already 8.5 big blinds before it gets to you, you'll probably have to raise it like 15 big blinds or more just to hit their pain threshold to get them to fold. And if you get any callers, they're almost... they're almost always calling with better hands, right? Could be ace-jack, it could be ace-10, but those beat your ace-7, you know? And your ace-7 isn't even suited, and of course it's not connected. And so that decreases your hand's chances of making money when called, because can't hit straights, can't it, or you can't hit as many straights nor as many flushes. Lastly, both players don't already like folding to flop C-bets, so it might take multiple barrels to get them to fold if you do make the raise here. So if you look at the third screenshot in today's show notes page, once again, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod301, you can see where I place these three options on the EV spectrum. Fold is right there in the middle at neutral EV. Calling is to the left of that at negative EV and raising, raising even further to the left, more negative EV. So, as I've placed these options, folding is the best play, so I would fold this hand and watch the action to see if I can't learn from these opponents. And that's what you need to do. In order to always make the best play, weigh your options with all the information available, visualize the options on the EV spectrum, then make the most positive EV play, even if that's folding. Challenge! Here's my challenge to you for this episode. Use the EV spectrum in your next five sessions. I want you to draw it on a piece of paper, and every time it's your turn to act, visualize your options along the spectrum. Take all available information into account and simply choose the most positive EV play. And I want you to tag any hands for review where you're just not sure of the best play. And just in general, if you're ever unsure of what to do, folding's probably the best play because that risks zero chips just exits you from the hand and then you can continue watching the action to learn from it now it's your turn to take action and do something positive for your poker game oh that's it now get out there and be somebody Alrighty, poker peeps, your learning is not complete until you visit the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com pod301 for a transcript of today's episode and links to everything that I discussed. And of course, this is where you're going to send your friend to learn a little bit more about the poker mind. If you're down with taking action to improve your poker skills and your poker bankroll, you must become a member of thepokerforge.com. Every course within The Forge uh, is dedicated to turning you into the player that you want to be, the profitable, winning player that you want to be. So check it out today, thepokerforge.com. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.